0: Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Edward Review. Where I'm, (laughs) I feel like I'm going out of places on this one. So uh, for this episode, uh, I know this is strictly a film review uh, podcast, but even so, I would have to admit that even some shows uh, has some movie-like quality uh, in them, and even so, it's something that uh, pushed forward. So, of course, uh, <laughs> I'm late in the game uh, about a certain uh, series of different series, to be exact, but even so, this is like phase four of the uh, whole genre, and what I meant by that is I'm talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm already late in the game because uh, in a few weeks, we will have Hawkeye coming out. uh, Starring Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld. Uh, So far, the Fantastic cast is already there. We're also seeing uh, Yolena from Black Widow coming into uh, this thing. So, um, to basically kind of start it off a little, uh, let's go ahead and get back to the... first series, the first thing that kicked that all off, and it's WandaVision. Now, WandaVision, um, in itself, is a miniature uh, sitcom, if you will, uh, portraying uh, Wanda's best attributes of how she represents uh, old-timey American time with certain things. Of course, uh, our first episode is in black and whites. In uh, a style of either Dick Van, Dick Van Dyke or I Love Lucy. Which, even, even so, that homage of that one is pretty cool uh, in its standards. And it's only the first two episodes that never got colorized until the end of episode two when we realized that something's different, Right? So, uh, of course, uh, the first two episodes, they pay in homage to not only Different Day, which I mentioned, but also Bewitch. Uh, because, well, Wanda's a witch, and Vision is this uh, logical but understanding robot that she is in love and married to. And, of course, you know, we can't escape the, uh, you know, baby bump. And the second episode to get into the third one. Uh, we can't escape that. But even so, uh, the first two episodes of that one kind of gave us like what's going on, what's this, what's that. Uh, leading to our uh, third uh, episode, which is a birth, kind of, uh, giving us uh, not only the birth of the twins, but also another genre of a stylized Americana, which is the, I believe, 60s, 70s, slightly in between those two, and the reason being of that is that, uh, we find ourselves, uh, we find ourselves looking at, uh, Sitcoms back in the era where it's all psychedelic and unnerving and you know strange and weird, leading to our fourth, fifth, sixth, going through the genres of each one. Of course, we're again paying homage to the 70s and 80s, which. Kind of gives us that whole vibe that it's American sitcom. It's how it was stylized back then to our grungy '90s uh, with the Mountain and Middle episode for Halloween, and uh, that kind of plays off on giving us the, which spoilers, uh, whoever didn't see it or not. Yes, we we did have our uh, our. Quicksilver, uh, uh, Quicksilver part where it's like really, it's not really the real Quicksilver. It's the uh, Marvel's one. But even so, <laughs> spoilers again. Uh, it turns out that this one is also a fake. So, given our um, given our range of that, uh, we are given an outsider's look, if you will, uh, that are. Uh, I would say both villain and hero gave us this strange, like, alternate universe, if you will. Her own personal bubble of her own making. And there is, and there's like this whole group of uh, members. Now, when this was introduced to me, I knew that there was like a talent of sword members to be involved. But not like this. Not like uh, how one person just took over the whole thing and just like, oh, this is sword and yada yada yada, and this is what we're doing now. We're not doing ex- we're not doing uh, internal threats. We're doing external threats. And of course, uh, in the episodes that recaps it, uh, pretty much made Wanda. Break down, so that would be, uh, probably be the reason why she created this alternate universe, if you will, her own pocket bubble uh, to escape reality, if you will. And of course, you know we we're brought back with uh, Darcy and Agent Wong from Ant-Man, and of course we're also introduced uh, Monica Rambeau, uh, which originally we had thought that she. Survived the snap, but she was part of the casualty that they came back from it. So that was a that's totally like left field because she was like she was gonna enjoy uh, the remainder of her, her mom's career or her mom's remission until you know passing. Which truly sadly, that's the that's the cookie crumbles for her, but she resumes her duties as a member because of uh, how sword was developed it was developed because of uh monica's mother's friend <laughs> captain marvel herself carol uh that the threats are more uh exterior or ex- terrestrial if you will instead of just interior so they were somewhat developing slowly So, of course, uh, Wanda, uh, being of her own making, uh, she pretty much runs into this constant nosy neighbor, which is Agatha, which, haha, yeah, I get it, yeah, we blame it on, Agatha, Agatha has been in it all along, Oh, which gives us an episode why she's doing whatever she's doing. So, you know, of course, we also have her backstory. And it's already, like... It's already crazy. Need I remind you, that we have Agatha going, like, the ninth, ninth extra mile to not only break the fourth wall. But to keep Wanda, like, living her own little weird, like, structure because of her ability. And she's still wondering, like, why is this possible until she... Gave Wanda the idea that this is caused by chaotic magic and you're the Scarlet Witch. Which gives us the reason why she was ever named the Scarlet Witch to begin with. Now, uh, as a comic book lover, I grew up reading these things. And I for one didn't realize that when you name someone Scarlet Witch, you just assume that she's just a person with abilities. Or something else, not a mutant, not something that's like weird or whatever. But nonetheless, uh, it does uh, portray the character a little more because, uh, due to uh, I believe contracts or whatever, we all know that we can't say mutant yet because, well, it's an ability that is enhanced uh, through genetics. And how they uh, put this in terms, they literally use an infinity stone to amplify whatever is like inside the person. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to really laugh if somehow uh, after seeing Eternals, this is what's causing it. But of course, you know, we can't forget that the end of this series, we find ourselves having a big whole battle between Wanda and Agatha and Wanda absorbing, just like Agatha, her abilities of power and able to be one of her abilities in a way. Which brings us to, oh Lord, this is, this is what's going to happen. This is how reality kind of breaks and all that. It's kind of weird, but we didn't know until the next series. Uh, which is uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Which gives us an espionage, uh, counter-agency kind of deal in that one. Which is totally different uh, in, in, its, in, in its own respects of how the storyline is. Is that we're seeing Sam uh, still portraying Falcon as a uh, member of the military... As uh, the Winter Soldier, which is Bucky. uh, Dealing with his past PTSD and deprogramming, if you will. uh, Because how Zemo in Civil War able to activate Bucky to become the Winter Soldier as it was. Now, that whole portrayal of everything else with that, that was like totally left field. But even so, this is like... This is like how how, uh, a good storyline for the military is portrayed. So, of course, we're seeing, uh, both, uh, Sam and Bucky, uh, facing off what would be, uh, a production, if you will, of new super soldiers, Uh, As well as uh, seeing ourselves with John Walker, who in itself uh, is another form of super soldier, just not in the way that America envisioned. Now, uh, in betrayal of these two different roles between uh, Steve and John... (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's true. In the comic, John is really obsessed and wants to do everything to fight in the american way whereas steve he knows right and wrong he knows that he himself is america's envision and he would do whatever it takes to make sure that everyone survives and everyone can live another day john on the other hand even though he's trained to be like the super soldier he's not thinking like steve You know, he's thinking top priority, collateral damage is acceptable. Where Steve is knowing that, hey, this is not how we work. I don't accept collateral damage. There should not be any civilians harm in any way. And if anyone noticed, uh, even though the fighting styles are the same, John's more aggressive on... And I I would state this for a fact. Because if you haven't noticed. You know that only Steve. Would demolish a robot more. Than a living person. Alright. And keep in mind that. When he did that little. um, That little uh, elevator scene. He didn't kill everyone. No. He just knocked the heck out of everyone. Alright. Whereas John. Yeah, he'll knock someone down. But he'll have his rage take over. And just literally unalive that person. You know? So we saw ourselves. A portrayal of how. John was an all-American schoolboy for the government. To what the government didn't want him to do. Which portrayed in that one episode. Of Falcon and the Soldier. Again, spoilers. Uh, that America... Soldiers is unaliving foreign threats. Which, that is not Captain America's way. He neutralized foreign threats, not unalive. Which gives us a huge battle in one episode. Where Sam is trying to get the shield with Bucky away from John. Because a mere fact that is a stain and narration of how someone envisions Captain America. Even I would agree that the shield would not be fitting for him to carry on. And even so that it, it's kind of funny also how he was able to uh, replicate a shield of his own, but even so we all know that that's not the that's not the actual shield, but you know Construction, as many cosplayers know, uh takes time. You know, you start with a trash can lid and then you work with the big dogs with uh mel- melting, smelting and um welding. <laughs> I know it's some of the some of the cosplayer communities are gonna kill me. But uh even so uh the design of uh Falcon's Captain America's version of the shoot is an exact duplicate, if you will, of the comic rendition of how Sam take over the mantle as Captain America from Steve when he was an old man. Uh, for Bucky, on the other hand, um, yeah, there was a, there was a stint that he was uh, that he was Captain America for a stint because of espionage and all that, and also giving us a different style how bucky was when he picked up the shield so even though i really want to see that portion of uh the passing down the torch so to speak because that was before sam ever took up the mantle but even so uh i'm not marvel's head i do not write these things i'm i'm a bit surprised that even though they add zemo back to it Uh, they add him as a source of trying to get past whatever he did in order for him to survive another day. Which, in truth, that's how Zemo was. Uh, He was manipulative. He was trying to do uh, things his way. And it's understandable. Also, to actually see a, a rendition of a character not put in the forge where there was a mention of another Captain America but all redacted information has been classified because of the army and Sam himself is a saying in, in the series that yes he should be remembered because he was part of that program which of course yes anyone who's been through some sort of um service or anything that deals with being a part of a war should be recognized, uh, because they are one of many unsung heroes that gave us our, you know, our reason to be alive and still walking around, and we honor the ones who have passed on to give us, you know, the chance to live. So, of course, Bradley, um, he was Captain America because the serum that they uh, experiment with him before he actually given to Steve, kept him being you know the first African American Captain America, and this also was also based on the comic as well. Um, for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it's its own separate series, but it still attached itself in the Marvel Universe as part of. These are the characters. This happened before many things happened. And the main thing happened is the next series, which we bring ourselves to Loki. Tom Hiddleston. Oh, man. Okay. Okay, I'm kind of giggling because this is Tom Hiddleston and his best. But even so, he is one of many Lokis that I am astonished as well as <laughs> that's cute. Because here, here's the thing, of course, uh, Mar- uh, Loki's storyline picks up right after he left from the the you know the one portion of Endgame where he took the Tesseract and he you know disappeared. At the same time, this is the continuing story where he got the Tesseract. He appeared in some sort of sandy box area. And he gets caught by the time-variant agency, which is the TVA. I mean, the first episode alone was funny, and doing a little recap, it was like, oh. But even so, um, when they put uh, Owen Wilson as Morbius uh, for the agency... Okay, at first, uh, I was skeptic, because I'm not much of a Wilson's fan... Both Owen and Luke. But there are some movies I do like. Uh, Not all of them often with Owen with Vince Vaughn. But... You know... Both... The Wilson Brothers have a fantastic long line of fantastic films. It's just... Not all of it's my favorite. Just saying. But when they put him as a character in Marvel... I was astonished because the performance of Mobius is giving us this backstory that, hey, this guy has been rat- in and around the ring and he knows what a Loki can do, but what is actually a Loki? Until we met Toms. Now, the first episode kind of gives us a hint like, of course, yeah, um, you can't you, you can chase down, uh, a Loki from a different time, but you can't t- capture the other Loki that you needed. So you really need, you know, Loki within the, the Loki. And this gives us the, uh, determination the of variants, which originally, uh, and if anyone kind of noticed, um, variant is not because of the characters that is portrayed in the comics, uh, like, from different worlds, now, it's, like, the creation of each comic cover, which, you know, there was a bunch of, like, made comic covers that was, like, scattered throughout, uh, the years, even so, uh, it's still current, uh, on certain things, um, that you'll find one issue that is being uh, variant A and then you got one cover that's in variant B. Uh, you find this mostly in Marvel but I've literally scoured uh, my comic book stores and it's not only in Marvel but it's also in DC uh, Broad Sword Comics uh, Image, Dark Horse it's a plethora of comic books companies that took the idea of having one original cover and give us a complete different cover for rarity and, you know, for sake of different takes because there is, and I'm going to quote this too, there is a specific palette of tasteful art that not only us comic book readers enjoy, but the artists and artists lovers Seen these works on cover, prefers to see it on you know, in a frame, if you will. So, of course, uh, in the second episode, yes, Loki agrees to help Marius track down this Loki, but he doesn't know what kind of Loki they're messing with. And that brings us to, yeah, the one scene where we're seeing different Lokis. Now, we all assume that okay, this is this is Tom Hiddleston's Loki in different forms Uh, him being a uh, being a bike rider uh, him being a uh, swim champion one being an ice giant which I will explain in the next series and usually one or the other these variants if you will have either come across or become unalive by this Loki that they're chasing so of course when Loki's thinking of a mischievous way, he's putting it into theory. Because even so, he doesn't even know that this may work or not. Because he is thinking like a Loki, but it could or could not happen. But even so, this is like a theory. So they went to Pompeii of all places. And whoever is a Doctor Who friend will get this mess will get this quote, Oh it's volcano day. Anywho. Uh, of course, she's causing a riot. The volcano's going up. And Morius is looking at the tracker thinking... Okay, this is this is probably a bad thing. This is probably something that's going to start varying. Or start uh, corrupting. No, it's not. It's actually staying in its course of the contract, uh, the, constra- uh, the uh, catastrophe that's p- plaguing the fixed point, if you will. So, of course... Loki and Morbius is putting this theory that okay whatever event that is occurring and it's still happening is still happening so it is in many ways still happening even though it's a, uh, it's a variant point for certain ones so they go to an abandoned storm shelter uh, store if you will realize that hey this thing's still gonna happen so let's find out if this is the location for that one. Sure enough uh, the whole variant thing is literally like crazy. So they finally found out in the second episode that it's a lady Loki. One that's kind of hinted in the comics because in the comics Loki was transformed into a lady but only because there was a mix-up, or there's something strange happening. Uh, let's let's put it this way: uh, Journey into Mystery is enough said in my book that you're starting seeing not only a lady Loki, but you're also seeing a kid Loki. Which, uh, a couple of episodes later, even so, uh, after when they thought that. Tom Hiddleston's Loki was vaporized from existence, there is always like this little pocket dimension, if you will, that these Lokis are held. And when I saw Cary Grant's uh, version of Loki, and this is the old man Loki, this is the old school Loki, even though I'm, I'm with Tom Hiddleston thinking like, Yes! This is what fan service is. This is the rewarding feeling that we ever going to see. Which is true because that, <laughs> that costume alone is cute and fantastic and accurate to the original 1960s version of Thor. Which I'm going to laugh if somehow that Thor costume is running around here. Uh, around around uh, there. So... But even so, uh, there's also another variant of a... Alligator Loki. <laughs> and if anyone miss it or see it... If you look very closely, there was actually a... Mahelnur... Stuck in the ground. And in a little jar, a frog trying to get it. Throg, of all things. Is in there. So... Yes, of course. Uh, thanks to Loki, we have variants of different timelines branching in because uh, they find out that it was King that took over the TVA and controlling it from within. And when they unalive this version of King, another version of King really took over the TVA and embraced everything, but causing a lot of chaotic things. Which brings us to. The series What If. Now when I saw this uh, immediately we all know about uh, Chadwick Boseman and how his roles as uh, T'Challa uh, for the Black Panther was immortalized in voice work and uh, to this day I, I, I am pleased on how they honored his work uh, not only give him his standalone episode, but the ideal concept of him having a, a series uh, when he was all better, that got to me. But even so, um, there were so many episodes that I kind of like and felt undeserved that this actually happened. This literally had happened. And what if it's literally based on a series, and I'm talking about series, series of different a- avenues of which character goes to which there there was literally and i kid you not uh back in the 90s there was an issue called what if the fantastic four had a daughter and there was always two sides for that it's either she became evil and became a space alien leaving uh her brother uh the person to you know get rid of her or she became good, and she became a peace talker. <sighs> that was an issue that I like. But even so, the whole series played a lot of platforms. We had a zombie episode. We had a. We had, uh, of course, if T'Challa was captured instead of uh, Peter, we had Peggy becoming Captain America. We had, what exactly happened if? Agent Ultron actually was an Agent Ultron. So, how they end that, that gave us another avenue that something will sh- happen strangely uh, in Hawkeye. Which means I'm actually looking forward to seeing how the variants happen. So I'm going to leave you this thought. Besides, you know, us having these five series that we already have, What if there was more? Now, I'll leave you with that thought. So, you guys have a good one. Be safe. Take care. Hey, guys. I want to thank you for uh, listening uh, to my podcast. I'm also know, known to be over at not only Spotify, but as well as. Oh, wow. I'm also on Spotify, Breaker, uh, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Public, uh, Radio Public. So, yeah, if you guys uh, want to keep on uh, listening, uh, besides me covering certain stories, uh, just shoot me a message on my review page uh, over at anchor.fm forward slash Edward Castro5. That is uh, C A S T R O, and as a joke, no relation.